NapaBroadcasting.com, the online radio home of Napa Valley College. Welcome back to Napa Valley College Now here on NapaBroadcasting.com. If there was ever proof that police departments on college campuses are a serious part of law enforcement, we only need to look at the tragic events in Boston a year and a half ago. While we may not have anything quite that dramatic here in Napa, the Napa Valley College Police Department is an important part of law enforcement in the community. Heading up that effort is Police Chief Ken Arnold. You may know him from his safety minutes here on NapaBroadcasting.com. Now we're going to spend some time getting to know him and his work a little bit better. Chief Ken Arnold, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Great to have you here. How long has Napa Valley College had its own police department? We go all the way back to actually the 1960s, where originally it started out as a uh, cadet training program for all the local agencies, sort of before law enforcement training in the whole state of California changed. But we go, we, we trace our lineage all the way back to the uh, about 1960 was as as far back as we know that we go. The College Police Department, as it's, as it's configured now, is really started in about 1980 is where you see the sort of the dramatic change. We went from a cadet-based uh, department uh, for training purposes to having actually certified police officers working for the college. And then we've grown since then to, to where we are now. And what was at the heart of that change? Why was there this sense that there was a need to have not just cadets, but certified officers serving the college? Yeah, unfortunately, it all turned around uh, in the 1980s. It was a successful rape on campus. And a lot of uh, that we as a college weren't really sort of prepared to deal with appropriately. And so there was uh, sort of the recognition that we needed to have uh, police on campus to uh, be able to handle that kind of serious crime, and equally that uh, just things were changing. There was um, some protesting that was going on, and there were other dynamics that just happened where it was really decided that cadets in, in, in a training environment weren't really appropriate. It would be more appropriate to have people who have already been, who are trained as police officers and then act as, as uh, police officers. And that sort of preceded all of the the armed intruder, active shooter situations, which have, you know, that's that unfortunately has grown over time, and really reinforced the need for for what we do. I started out as a police cadet in in, in nineteen in nineteen eighty actually uh, here, and th- you know I look at what I was required to do then versus what we require of our police officers now, and it it really is very dramatic. I want to talk about that difference, but first, is there a nexus at all now between your department here and the train the cadet training academy that's here? Not. Really, we don't. Uh, the training academy, uh, the way to think about it is the police academy is in the process of, through a very intensive program of producing police officers for local agencies and jurisdictions. The difference is we are responsible for the safety and the doing. So where the cadets are in training, my folks are not in, you know, we're not in the training. We're in the response end of the business. 
So we're going to be the people when someone acts up in a class that uh, the faculty call and we have to go de-escalate that situation or address whatever is going on. And uh, we're the persons who are going to need to deal with the uh, speeding on, on a campus. Or we're the person, if a student comes in and has been sexually assaulted, we're going to do the help do that investigation or get that person the appropriate help. So really the difference is the police academy is involved in training and we're involved in the doing and responding to the, the real problems that people bring onto the campus. I think one of the things that, that people don't always think about is they assume that nothing ever happens at a college. It's, that's the common refrain I get. Well, it's just a college. Nothing ever happens. And here's what I want to suggest to people is people's lives, the problems that they're having in their lives, don't stop at our doors. They don't stop when you drive onto the college campus. They simply bring those problems with them. So, you know, the, the person who is having a, uh, who is a victim of domestic violence and having a domestic violence issue, that doesn't stop when they come to the college. The person who's having a girlfriend or boyfriend relationship issues, that doesn't stop when they come to the college. A person who's having uh, mental illness issues, that doesn't stop when they come to the college. People who uh, victimize and commit uh, larceny uh, or you know crimes of opportunity against other people, that doesn't stop when they get here. In fact, they come here and they look for folks who will who will leave things like their iPads, their iPhones, and next to the computer while they walk to the printer because they assume that, oh, well, it's a college, nothing's going to happen. How has the nature of crime, the things that you deal with, how has that escalated in the past 10, 15, 20 mm-hmm. years? The... The constant that we always deal with uh, is property crimes. Every every police department in, in anywhere in in the United States deals with property crime. People who steal from each other, and that's that's you know right up there. But probably the really the change that that I've seen over time is the need for our police officers, the new officers, to really deal with. Um, um, mental illness issues, um, people who are having psychological issues and problems. And we have very limited resources and things that we can do for those folks. Uh, and so we really spend a lot of time dealing with that. We, we spend a lot of time dealing with what we will, with people who are either actually mentally ill and, and we're trying to get them appropriate help or the other folks that we deal with are just sort of, for lack of a better way to describe it, is people who can't play well together. Um, they um, get very upset with each other, and they have poor communication skills, and and uh, they get into arguments and and uh, fights, verbal fights with each other, and and a lot of it is uh, really dealing with that kind of upset um, person keeping them separated or trying to get them to resolve that issue. But it's a lot of, uh, we spend a lot of time, a lot of time uh, dealing now with the, uh, what we, for lack of a better term, call the, the, the people can't play well together call. What is the relationship between the College Police Department and Napa PD and the Sheriff's Department? Yeah. Uh, we have very good relationships with both agencies. So, for instance, for the Sheriff's Department, 
Um, we have an excellent relationship with them where we often do training with the sheriff's department. Matter of fact, they provide, we are very, very fortunate in that they provide a range master to the college police. They are, they run our range training program and uh, we have, uh, we receive just excellent training, training well in excess of what a lot of other institutions our size would receive. So um, I feel very confident with my the skill sets that my officers have because we, again, we shoot, uh, we go to range training um, uh, about every six to eight weeks. Uh, we train uh, continuously. It's all um, uh, to deal with the, the unthinkable, which is really the armed intruder response. Uh, and so we have very good skill sets there. We equally get to do training with the weaponless defense. We spend a lot of time on arrest and control techniques. So we get a lot from the sheriff's department in, in that respect. Our relationship with Napa PD is good in the sense that we share uh, a common border. Um, their officers will come out here and uh, respond to the campus on occasion, but generally we, we sort of take care of ourselves and, unless we call for help. Uh, but it's the same thing. We share investigative leads. They help us uh, with investigations sometimes if they are beyond the scope of what we would normally do with. We, uh, as, a, as a chief of police, I participate on the Napa County Police Chiefs, Associ- or, uh, police chiefs um, panels. So it's, uh, the college isn't, is an integral part of, of, of the uh, police response anywhere in the county. We are very tight with the, all the emergency responders. We provide a lot of emergency response uh, training. Um, and, for instance, I coordinate a lot of the disaster training for all of Napa County on behalf of the college and, and, the, uh, uh, and the county of Napa. So we're really positioned well. We, we, don't have, we have very good relationships with local, the local law enforcement. Uh, we have a good reputation, uh, I believe, within the law enforcement community. We, uh, we take care of our own business. When we call for help, it's, it's usually because we really do need uh, their assistance. Um, and we have very good relationships. And what happens with arrests that are made on campus by the Napa Valley College Police? So any arrests made on campus, um, if we actually uh, physically arrest somebody, uh, like uh, any police agency, we're going to complete the appropriate uh, forms, and we take them down to Napa County Jail, and we book them into jail uh, the same as anyone else. The the difference, though, that the, the, one of the options that we have that's a little bit different than, for instance, this, the city of Napa doesn't have and Napa Sheriff doesn't have, is we have an opportunity sometimes to correct behavior through a student discipline process, which is a non-judicial process. Uh-huh. So, you know, certainly you can, we can follow a judicial um, process with somebody. The issue that you're going to run into is that's a very cumbersome system, and, and with everything going on in, in – uh, in not only the city of Napa, or the, excuse me, the county of Napa, but the state of California regarding releasing criminals, it's you know sometimes really tough to get a relatively minor crime dealt with. So we use what's called a student code of conduct a lot of times. And so what that is is if you're a student here, we have a discipline process by which we have you go to the vice president of student services, and there's a whole lot of other things that uh, a lot of penalties that can happen but we try to resolve a lot of times petty criminal behavior um, or drug petty, petty drug possession through the student discipline process instead of trying to jam it up in the courts uh-huh. you mentioned mental health and and the problems that grow out of that mm-hmm. 
what resources are available to you and to your department in terms of mental health resources here on campus? So a couple things that we have on campus. Uh, so if you're a, we are sort of our, let me start with our last resort. Our last resort is to take a person to crisis clinic if, if, if that's necessary. So that's a countywide system. And basically we take the person and we can take them to crisis clinic. And if need be, we can um, do the paperwork to have them involuntarily held for up to 72 hours. Um, and that's sort of really the last resort kind of thing. What we try to do is if they're a student, we try to look at it from from is is the behavior dangerous and assuming it's not a danger to anyone, then what we try to do is get them hooked up with our uh, counselors within our own system here. So we have uh, counseling within student health services that may be able to help. We also have a few, um, we have some other crisis counselors within the um, uh, regular counseling uh, staff here at the college. And then we have disabled student services programs, which are maybe hooking them up with a particular um, program or something that may be able to help them. What our bottom line is that as long as they're not a danger, to uh, to the campus or to other people, then we're going to try to work with them. Um, and sometimes it just becomes a management issue. We, we have where they're going to have good days and they're going to have bad days. And we end up knowing that person and, and uh, we just try to manage, you know, you try to manage that behavior unless it just becomes uncontrolled. Talk a little bit about the one thing that uh, probably takes up tremendous amounts of time. It seems minor in, in the broader scheme of things, some of the important issues we've been talking about, and that is traffic, parking, the kind of things that, as I say, seem minor. And if you look at, you know, city police departments, they're always trying to get out of that business somehow. I wish I could, too. Uh, Parking is probably the one, that's the bane of our existence. Um, You know, parking is one of those things that generates a lot of energy way out of proportion oftentimes to, to what the issue is. And uh, I've always said that there's, you know, for somebody, there's a Ph.D. or a master's in there someplace <laughs> if they would study, you know, why, why the energy uh, f- over parking. Um, so uh, parking is just it's one of those things that um, we have to enforce. So the college has a parking permit requirement. And uh, what we've done is put signs at all the entrances that say parking permit is required. And then we do, uh, you know, we then have to basically try to get people to comply with that regulation. And actually, if you if you really break it down, the majority of people do comply with it. I mean, I've done some studies and, and looking at the number of people who purchase parking permits versus the number of people who, who for instance, get a citation. And it's really only about 2% of the, of the student population that end up getting tickets. It's, it's actually pretty low. But, it, but it's, it's one of those things that people pass it on to their friend who pass it on to their friend, and it becomes folklore about the horrendous parking. And, and it's really about 2%. Uh, so that, that means about 98% of everybody's getting it correct. So it's about 2% of the folks who, who end up getting a ticket. And one of the things that we do, which is unique to Napa Valley College, is we're the only college in the north in the well, frankly, and then could be the entire Bay Area. I'm, I'm uh, but I, I know for sure in the North Bay. If you get a parking uh, citation for not having a parking permit, what we do is we offer you the ability to to purchase a parking permit, 
put it on your car, and then we reduce the parking fine to uh, $2. And because now that you have a parking permit on your car, I'm not going to have to, you know, you're not going to have to worry about are we going to catch you, and we've resolved the issue of trying to get you to come into compliance. Um, so we've done that for years. We resolve a vast majority of all of the parking um, citations that way. It, it's um, We have so few that, that ever go to a hearing uh, that aren't resolved this way. So it's it's really just a, it's been a good system. Ultimately, the student benefits, the college benefits, and uh, yeah, we, we uh, you know, we get a bad reputation because we wrote the ticket, <laughs> but but ultimately, at the end of the day, you know, it, it everybody sort of benefits from that one. What's been the most difficult challenge for you personally since you've been here as chief? It's resources. I mean, one you know, like anything, the the college police, unlike a city or a county, is we're not the the we're not the top of the budget heap, and uh, you know, certainly instruction is, and that's the the, the college's job is uh, teaching. And that's what, uh, and and should always be that. So instruction is always going to eat up the lion's share of of that uh, of the money. So resources are always difficult. I mean, I think, and frankly, honestly, I think every police chief anywhere in the United States is going to say that. So it is. That's that's always the issue. It's you know making sure that you've got enough vehicles, enough people, and enough resources to uh, to do everything you need to do. And what are the resources of the department? How many men do you have? How many vehicles? How much uh, how much equipment yeah. is there? Not so much men as we have officers, and uh, everybody's blue is, is the way we look at it. And so uh, right now I have uh, two two officers, a sergeant, and myself, and then we have two what we call campus service officers who are non-sworn uh, people. They are uh, they help us with parking and things like that. You know, could you know, like anybody, I could certainly stand to use more of everything, but. Uh, it gets us enough people to do the majority of what we need to do. We handle a lot of calls, and surprising, I think people are going to be surprised at the number. So, for instance, we, you know, on average over the last three or four years, we're about a 10,000-call agency. So we do about 10,000 calls a year, wow. which is a lot of calls when you consider the number of people. Now, that means everything from a request to unlock a door to a um, to, to a rape that we had uh, at a couple of years ago, so it again it it runs the gambit, and uh, so it's a lot of different things. But it's interacting with people on a daily basis. Those are just calls that where I can actually point to a number. You have also a lot of calls where we're interacting with people just as we're walking around the campus and talking to people and and seeing what's going on and uh, doing those kind of things. We we you know the the thing that we can do that other places, other um, local police can't do is we have the ability to be sort of that proactive in more of the the uh, Sir Robert Peel style of policing where you're going out and talking to the community. We aren't always reactive. We can be as uh, proactive as well because uh, just because of the nature of what we do. And finally, what are the trends that you see both here and in talking to your colleagues at other colleges around the Bay Area and around the state? What are the problem trends that you're seeing? The trends tend to be sort of um, the same things they were almost in the 1980s in hmm. a way. What you have is larceny. Uh, it is it is that continuous battle of trying to remind folks of locking your bikes up 
taking your your iPads, your iPhones, your your valuables with you. That just because you're at a college, people are will you know aren't aren't going to you know you think that people aren't going to steal from you, and, and that's simply not the case. That was the same in the '80s. It's the same now. Um, I think one of the things that people don't always think about is one third of my students basically are new every August. Uh-huh. So that's one third of people that I've got to try to train every year and 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 get them used to a new system. So you know, larceny continues to be the issue. Uh, the other one that I find now that uh, the 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 trends that have changed is the social media and the ability to 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 um, uh, interact with each other in in that guise. The, it's um, we find the bullying uh, on social media that frankly is new and growing. Uh, we find um, revenge things that go on where. Uh, the pictures that probably shouldn't have been, you know, per- people regret maybe having taken that are then used for other purposes. So that sort of cyber social crime, that's that's interesting. It is difficult for us to deal with in, in a lot of respects because it's happening in places that uh, we don't always have control over. could be happening sometimes in even in uh, different parts of the, of the United States. So that, that certainly is the trend. The other trend is really armed intruders. Um, that's the worst case. We always, you know, you 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 pray that that's never going to happen, um, uh, but you got to be prepared. Uh, you know, we live in a world of of uh, possibilities. You know, most people live in the world of probabilities where things are going to go a certain way. We live in the world of possibility, which means because it's possible, we have to have a we have to be prepared for it, and and that's. That's new. That takes a lot. You know, we pray that it won't happen, but you got to be ready for it. And, you know, you always think, okay, well, it's Napa, Napa Valley, nothing ever happens. Well, I just remind folks in 2009, in April of 2009, we locked the college down and engaged in a six-hour manhunt for two armed ro- armed robbers on the campus. I remember that. We had over 3,000 people uh, sequestered in buildings, and uh, it was a very long and, and difficult day. Thankfully, nobody got hurt. Um, there were a lot of things we learned from that, but if really for, for folks, I remind them is, you know, people think 2009 seems like a long time ago, is things can happen to you, and you can never, you can never, you know, really, you cannot buy into, well, it will never happen. Um, I just, that simply can't be, you know, the, you can't be that way because it's possible. You got to have a plan and you got to be ready. And do you have people or members of your staff that monitor some of the social media to get a sense of what might be going on or what might be lurking uh, out there? I have, uh, yeah, one of my younger folks, um, she goes, uh, out and checks, you know, the various, um, sort of the social media sites and things, keeps, keeps a little bit of an eye on it. Uh, it's. Uh, we don't do it as 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 much as probably I would like. Um, we do when things are flaring up. Back during uh, Occupy, for instance, when we were having a lot of the uh, Occupy issues, we were keeping uh, we we did uh, monitor social media a little bit more during that time because we had things that were going on that were involving the college. Uh, we do monitor it. We do look for things, uh, but usually we're unless and then as something comes up, and then we'll we'll focus a little more heavily on that. But we don't we don't as a as a as a routine matter go out and and look at social media. 
Napa Valley College Police Chief Ken Arnold, thanks for being with us here on NapaBroadcasting.com. Thank you. I appreciate the time. Thank you. You're listening to Napa Valley College Now on NapaBroadcasting.com.